You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We have a fisherman's story before us today. I I love fisherman's stories because they're not true. You had to be there and you're never there. You know, recently I was out fishing, and uh, you're not going to believe this, but I caught a 98-pound are you listening? Salmon. It was a struggle, though I was working on that thing and bringing that in, and I got it all in. You're doubting me. I can tell right there. I worked on that thing. It was about an hour, trying to 98 pound, bringing this salmon in. I was on the shore right there, on the, and I got it in, unhooked it, and you won't believe it. I turned around, and it went back into the water. And if you believe that story, I have some beachfront property in Wyoming to sell you also, all right? By the way, the record is 97.4, 97 pounds for a salmon caught in the 1980s. I'm not a fisherman. I'll never be a fisherman. I don't have the patience to be a fisherman. I'm not a golfer. They discriminate against me. They never cut the lawn where I hit the ball. I'm not a golfer. I'm not a fisherman. Are there any fishermen or ladies here? A few. Perhaps some of the greatest liars in this church are these that just raised their hand. (laughs) Danny, I saw your hand go up. I wasn't going to say anything, but two years ago, he said, I told you, that he said, Pastor, I'm going out underneath, out of the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm going to go eat some fish. Uh, a Saturday morning, should have been at bus meeting, but I, it's a Saturday morning. He said, I'll bring you some fish for dinner. I was so excited about it. Fresh, fresh, Pacific, ocean. Well, I'm, it's exciting. And dinner came and gone. And, and, and later that night, he showed up. It was nice packaged. But if you hadn't left the Safeway sticker on the bottom of it, it would have been better. He went and bought me some fish because he caught nothing. These people that just raised sows, this on your hand. These people that tell you how great that they're liars. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a fisherman's story? You said that can't be true. There's a story here that can't be true of mankind. But if God put it in the book, it's true. Amen. The story of Jonah was a man that was a preacher when I was in college. I remember Dr. Johnson, Ed Johnson from Minnesota came. I have the notes. He preached this message in 1969. What I'm going to give you the outline right here. He preached, there's four chapters. Chapter one was the prodigal prophet. Chapter two was the praying prophet. Chapter three was the preaching prophet. Chapter four was the pouting prophet. I'll never forget that. Powerful message. As a young man, I heard that man of God preach the word of God. And here's a prophet of God, a man of God, a preacher of God. And yet he found himself in the belly of this great fish because he ran from God and he has created the, please don't miss this, he's created the consequences in his own life. You can't blame the work of God for this. It was his own sin. He was not suffering for standing up for Jesus. He was suffering because he sinned. 
Today, I want to bring a message to you. What do you do when you're down? If you notice how much in the Bible, the book of Jonah, that once you start on a way downward, it just keeps going down, down, down. Notice what the Bible says in chapter 1, verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee from Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord, and went, and went, and went down to Joppa. He found his ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare. It's amazing what we'll pay to try to run away from God. And he paid the fare thereof, and he went, and he went two times in one verse. He went down in verse number five, this course in verse four, this great storm came and the mariners were afraid, verse five, and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten them. But Jonah was gone, what? Down in the sides and was fast asleep. You know, it's amazing, and I'm not done. It's amazing how that we can get down, down, down and go to sleep on God. When we need God the most, everywhere he went, he went down to another city. He went down to the seaport. He went down to a ship. And now he's going to get down even further because in verse number 15, they took Jonah and they cast him into the sea. He's going down further. And verse number 17, he goes down with a fish to swallow him up. And he went down to the bottom of the ocean. Rebellion always takes us down. What part of that don't we understand? When I rebel against God, I'm going down. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I tell you what, God gives us a formula. What to do when you're going down. You're a drug addict in this room or you're listening today, you're going down. God's gonna give you a formula in this book. You're an alcoholic. Perhaps you've hidden it from some but yeah, I'm praying for some alcoholics in our church right now. I've never been told they're an alcoholic, but I know they are. Both male and female. I'm not mad at you. I love you. I'm your shepherd. I'm your pastor. I break for you. I'm hurt for you. When I watch people's attendance that were faithful in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and so on, and all this thing, and, and amen, and in this thing, I, I know when they're not any longer, they might show up here. I know something's going on. They're, they're going down, down, down. And if you think I'm criticizing you, and I'm so reluctant to say what I'm going to say, because you're going to read into it. I have a prayer journal. It's very long and lengthy. Some area, some category for positive or negative, almost every name in this church is undoubtedly in that prayer journal. I have the widows and the widowers and the deacons and the staff. I have backsliders and I have the military people I have uh, that are retired and those that are in the military. I have the sick, I have the unemployed. I have so many different people I'm praying for. But page one, before I ever go to prayers, I have a tenfold purpose in life. I know my purpose. I know why God created me. I look at my purpose, and I've tried to give a lifetime to that purpose. All these things are on my list. Sometimes I look at that purpose, 
as I've gotten older now, and said I failed at every single thing I've given my life to. My purpose, while I'm up, I have to fight consequently loneliness and sadness and heartache and disappointment with me. I say, are you, but you're positive. I am positive because my anchor is in Christ, but I also get so disgusted how great he is and how weak I am. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, man, I get closer to the light and the closer I get to God, the more imperfections I see. But I sing that song in the last so many years, so many times, the things you gave your life to, you fell apart. You're not the first to be acquainted with sorrow, grief, and pain. Someone wants to send a critical, mean letter, send it because guess what? It just goes in the file. Life's hard, and I don't want a poor me attitude because I want to finish my course, and I want to do it, as the Bible says, with joy. But if you think I'm preaching at you, you missed it entirely. I'm preaching to us. What do you do when you get down? I don't know of a great leader that I've ever watched that never got down. Sometimes people say, boy, you're never down, are you? Don't tell me you fellows don't hit those moments. We all do, every person in this room. I'm not quitting church when I'm down. I'm not quitting on God when I'm down. I'm not quitting on the Bible when I'm down. Amen, amen, amen. I'm not quitting on tithing when I'm down. I'm not quitting when, when uh, sometimes you invest your life in this person here and that person becomes like Judas and destroys your heart. That's part of life. I don't know where you're at today, but I would never let an experience take you down or a sin take you down. Sometimes God takes us down a thorn of flesh a thorn in the body, a sorrow, a sadness. He allows those things. But what do you do? And that's the critical thing when you're going down. Well, chapter 2, verse 1. Read the first three words. Ready? Begin. Then. That's the first thing you do. You turn to God. You talk to God. You trust God. When you're so sorrowful, so sad, either with yourself, the experience, the, 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 the consequence that you have created in your life, and it's your fault or it's my fault or the consequences of life that just come at us, you have to pray. Here you left your room this morning. Did you think to pray? Prayer is a wonderful treasure. Prayer is a wonderful key. Blessings all mine without measure. So pray about everything. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. Oh, he tells me I am his own. Are you praying? Are you praying? I wonder today how much time you're spending on social media. I'm all for these, I don't know what you call them, outlets that allow us to get services and programming and our radio on 24 hours. I'm all excited about it. But I have no regrets. I don't know how to do social media because I think largely it's a waste of time to follow people you don't know or people that, that all you're going to do is say like or whatever. I, most of that, hey, if you're going to follow them, if you're going to watch this, you're going to see this, all those things. But if you're going to go to social media, spend more time with God talking to God. 
I determined through this thing called COVID, I don't have time for the news. I've not turned it on in my car. I've not watched the news. I never watched the election results. That was the same day my sister died and I had no desire to watch the news. I just kept going. But I can't watch the news. I can't, I can't listen to the news. Why? And I know enough what's going on. Because I've got so much right now. I'm praying for these bus routes. They overwhelm me. These bus routes that need to go to these streets and go to these cities and rescue these mothers and dads and single mothers and boys and girls and single dads. We've got to send, we need to send the buses. Oh, I know we're sending them. I don't know, two, three, four hundred a bus a week coming in on the buses right now, but it was 700, 800, 900, 1,000. Where are those kids? We're told that 75% in our schools of fifth grade children now, and they say it's a result of being out of school, they say 75% of fifth grade children cannot read. Though that grieves my heart, do they know even who God is? Did they know the name Jesus, not as a swear word, but as a savior? Have you prayed about the buses? Have you prayed about your street? God's put all of us on a street. And we have neighbors that are lost. We have neighbors that need us. We have neighbors that need encouragement. We have neighbors that perhaps need a meal. What are we doing for our neighborhood? He prayed. Turn to God. I wonder what you're facing with your kids. It's not every week. It used to be. It's not every week right now because the prison systems have been loosened up a little bit. For, for many years, and still each month, I always have prayer with someone because tomorrow they're turning themselves in. I'm going to jail. I'm going to prison. I'm going away for five years, male and female. Sweet mother just got out about a few months ago and she sent me a picture of her and her two little kids. I remember praying here outside with her. This is my last Sunday. And she went off to prison. Oh yes, she did wrong. Oh, yes, just consequences. But she doesn't need me to remind her of the consequences. She needed a pastor, which I did. I prayed for that mother. I called her by name, but I won't. I, I prayed for that mother day after day after day. She's been released. She moved away from here. Thank God she stayed true to God even in prison. Thank God she came out and said, Pastor, I want to be a good mother. I want to bring my kids to Sunday school. There are people that need our prayers. There's a son that needs your prayer. There's a daughter that needs your prayer. What did he do? Well, Jonah said, I'm going to pray. And he prayed. The second thing I see in chapter 2, verse 4, there's a promise. I said, 
I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. It's a promise. I'm going to look again to thy holy. I'm going to look the, the Old Testament temple. We have a church. I'm going to look again to church. You know what happens, Brother Everson? When people have problems, their marriage falls apart, they go bankrupt, their kids rebel, someone goes to jail, they stop going to church. Well, what's that about? I mean, we always need church, but if there's a time when you're in the, the, the depths of the sea and down as low, you don't need to quit on God. Well, I prayed and God did not answer. Well, just keep praying. I prayed for 31 years that God would let me have a 15-minute radio station broadcast, and God for 31 years said no. When he opened it up 16 years ago in October with nearly 100 stations without making a phone call, God gave me that 15-minute station, but it took 31 years. We prayed. So when I prayed last night, I fasted. Did you pray and wait on God? Well, he didn't come through. I'm done with God. I'm done with church. That's your booze talking. That's your alcohol talking. That's your loneliness talking. That's your discouragement talking. That's your negativity. That's your, that's your medicine talking. He said, I, I'm going I'm to get my eyes back on the temple. There's a heavenly temple and there's an earthly temple. Isn't it something? We run from God in God's house. You teenagers that are here, you're going to have sorrows. I've performed so many weddings in my life, and sometimes I've had to watch the result of somebody walking out after a marriage of a year or two or five or 10 or 15 and on it goes on their mate. I've watched all that happen. I watch people drag themselves into church when they're so discouraged and so lonely and the husband left or the wife left. I watched them. I was in Wednesday night service, and you were preaching, and I had the presence of God. It was such a such a wonderful message and, and uh, about God standing in the presence for us, Hebrews. I looked around the auditorium. I saw this man whose wife walked out on him years ago, but he's still coming. And this person, his wife walked out. And this man, his wife. And I see this lady here. Her husband walked out. And they just keep coming. I don't know how. I, I, most, many nights, I'll think I'm tucking myself in bed tonight. This widow, widower, or this person here is alone in life. There must be, and that must be, but thank God you're not spending your life from the sorrows and disappointments and the heartaches of life. When you get down, you have to get to the house of God. And when you don't feel like reading the Bible, you don't feel like going to church, that's probably when we need it the most. I know I'm out of time. I see the prayer. I see the promise. I see a person. When my soul, verse 7, when my soul fainted within me, four words. When my soul fainted within me, chapter 2, verse 7, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. I remember the Lord. Psalm 121, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. 
it was alluded to this morning, one of the men made the announcement, I think Pastor Cooper did about prayer meeting last night. I needed prayer meeting. I don't know if the men, I needed it. We were downstairs in this auditorium. I needed it. Brother Martinez got up there and we began to sing about Jesus. In my car, I have themes, and I always, my number one theme is to sing one song after another song about Jesus. I'm alone, and I'm not a good singer. I normally start with Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just, the, we sang that last night, thank you. And then I normally go standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's the only one who cares and understands. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find him. You'll know him by the nail print. When I start getting my eyes off myself, getting my eyes on Jesus, when the road is rough and steep, fix your eyes upon Jesus. And I sing, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. I have probably 30 songs. I told you a few weeks ago, I was walking to church on Sunday morning, and I said, I think today my theme walking here will be Jesus. I sang out loud, not loud. Maria, when I passed your house, I wasn't loud that you, Manuel, could hear. I got by your house and said, Lord, you may be taking Manuel today. He gets to see you. I envy him. I envy John. It's to go see our Lord soon. It's, it's going to be hard on you folks. Just think of stepping on shore and calling it heaven. By touching a hand and finding it God's. Amen. By breathing new air and calling it celestial, waking up in glory. Heaven's not bad for those that go. Heaven is sweeter all the time, but it's so hard on those that are left behind. We sang last night, let's talk about Jesus. He had one song, Brother Caleb Galvan. I, I got thinking, I'm going to do that on a Sunday night. I'm just going to start singing, Brother Galvan, these songs about Jesus. And if I, I go where I figure, I can't remember one, Brother Martinez, just stop, stand up, stand up and start singing about Jesus. You know what you do when you have problems? You're going down, pray. I'm not discouraged, but I tell you, I think God has not answered more of my prayers than he's answered. But maybe he's answered them according to his will and not according to my will. God answers prayer. I was burying someone and I said, uh, I said, God never makes a mistake. And somebody came up to me and said, well, God made a mistake this time. I was getting prepared for a funeral and a little boy had drowned. And I, I, said, I said, Dad, I came up, and it was probably the foolish thing. I was young. I said, foolish thing to say to a father. I said, I don't understand it. But I know God never makes a mistake. And he said, well, God did this time. And I think if I was the father, I'd probably charge God like that too. Though God's never made a mistake. Do you think about Jesus as much as you do Facebook? Do you think about Jesus as much as you do Mr. Biden? And Washington, D.C.? 
Do you think about Jesus as much as you do about Mr. Newsom? Do you talk about Jesus as much as you talk about Nancy Pelosi? Do you think you talk about Jesus as much as we talk about COVID government restrictions? How hard it is? How it's so impossible? Oh, you are chief rain cloud, aren't you? I'm out of time. I have one more thought to give you. It's chapter two. When you have trials, you pray. When you have trials, you promise. Make some promises. And seek some promises. And you have a person. But I want you to see the pledge. In chapter two, verse nine, the Bible says, and he's still in the whale's belly. Verse nine, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. One of you men ought to preach on vows in this month of August. I, I'd love to preach. Ecclesiastes says, don't you make a vow if you're not going to keep it. I know the vows I've made can be on just one hand. I'm nervous about making vows. I made a vow December 23rd, 1972. For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and health, the death of this part. I made that vow. I don't think I've made four other vows. I want to. I think I'm too weak of a Christian to make a lot of vows. God said, if you make a vow, you better keep it. But I can think of some vows that I've made. Nobody knows about them. No, I'll go to death. Nobody will ever know about them. Some vows I made before God. I made this vow, or I made this vow. I've not made many. I, 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 maybe you guys can correct me on my theology. I'm nervous to make a lot of vows because I know how weak my flesh is. I know how frail I am. And I don't want to promise something to God. I mean, to promise something to you, I won't ever want to promise you something and not come through any of you people. But if I promise God something, oh, I promise God something and I don't keep it, that's a different story. I believe there ought to come a day where you promise God, I will be faithful unto death. Revelation 2.10, I'm going to be faithful to you, God, when I don't understand or when I've sinned and brought the consequence like Jonah did upon myself or when things happen to me that are so sad and so negative and I never expected that to happen. God, my vow to you is I'm going to stay true to you. One day for me and for you, it might be that I'm alone in a nursing home. And maybe it'd be when the next thing comes through and nobody can come see me. Our precious father-in-law, your dad, your dad, preached 57 years in the same city, the same church. He's in a nursing home during COVID and he sat there, laid there in that room could hardly hear. Don't say it to be humorous. They, the nurse told my brother-in-law that he used the, the 
TV remote and said, this phone is not working. He died with no visitors. He gave his life to that city in Illinois for 57 years. His family, six boys, they couldn't come see him. The church members he gave his life to could not come see him. I may die all by, I don't know how, I don't know how you, I don't know how we're all going to pass away or the rapture, I don't know. But I pray, I pray that when I draw my last breath, I still love with God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.